0: Welcome to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm Richard Nelson, Executive Director of the Commonwealth Policy Center. The Commonwealth of Kentucky has 24 cities with so-called fairness ordinances. These are ordinances that elevate LGBT identity to protected civil rights status at the local level. The first city to enact this ordinance was Louisville some 25 years ago. However, a lawsuit was brought to the federal courts by a photographer challenge the constitutionality of these ordinances. And joining us on the program today is Chelsea Nelson, Louisville resident and photographer to tell us her story. Chelsea, welcome to the Commonwealth Matters.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I I really appreciate it.
0: Chelsea, many people aren't aware of a fairness ordinance and, and at first blush they hear something like fairness coupled with the law and they think, well, who's against fairness? What, you know, we're all for fairness, right? Um, so could you tell us briefly, first of all, how you learned about the law? And then secondly, what, what did the law actually do, um, in your case? Cause you're a photographer, right? You, you're, uh, you have a business and you, as a business owner, you have to be more aware of the laws than the average person, but t- tell us how you learned about the law and how it impacted you if you could.
1: Sure. So I began my business back in 2016 and, um, as I was trying to, you know, get up off the ground and and grow my business, you know, I, I saw so many stories uh, in the news around the country uh, about this very issue. And it became clear that it would be a good idea to try to look into, you know, are there any concerns about um, if, if there's some trouble that I could get into simply by trying to run a, a business that honors the Lord? Um, in the wedding industry specifically, and so through through that process, it and learning that oh, actually, there is something on the books that essentially would strip me of my ability to talk to clients about my biblical worldview on marriage, um, what messages I I am willing and simply cannot and am not willing to celebrate and communicate through my business and my art form, uh, not even being able to put these things on my website um, to say, you know, this is what I stand for. Um, This is what I celebrate through my photography. None of that would have bode bode well um, in relation to this law. And so I I really felt backed into a corner as a young um, married gal starting a family, trying to put herself in a position so that she can be flexible and raise her family. Um, and have to worry about this like looming threat uh, toward my business when I'm just trying to honor the Lord through how I want to operate and the messages that I want to celebrate.
0: Chelsea, what was your relationship like with the county government before this lawsuit? If you had any relationship, I don't know if you had any interaction with them, or perhaps they sent out um, notice in their business application saying if you have a business— um, you have to abide by these rules, including the fairness ordinance. Did you have any interaction at all with the county government before that? Or the, the metro government really is what Louisville calls itself, Louisville metro government?
1: Um, not that I recall. I was just a, you know, a taxpaying <laughs> citizen yes. um, going about my business, trying to run my business like anyone else, I, I would say.
0: Young entrepreneurial business person trying to start up a business in uh, doing that business according to, uh, to your convictions, which um, I think is something, uh, something that people forget, that as citizens and as business owners, uh, people have the right to run a business according to their convictions. But you found that this ordinance that was on the books really made it difficult, if not impossible, for you to, to do that. So what was your next step once, once you learned uh, that that was the case?
1: You know, fortunately, there was a mechanism to proactively um, challenge this this threat, which is really not only to me but it it's to any business owner who simply wants to create messages that are consistent with their convictions um, even if it's someone who has very wildly different convictions and beliefs than I do and um, it, it was apparent that this is something that that simply shouldn't stand. And, you know, tolerance needs to be a two way street. And I don't think this should only apply to people that hold the views that I do, you know, about biblical marriage and God's design of one man and one woman for one lifetime. Um, But I think it should apply to everyone around the nation. And I think that sometimes can get a little bit lost in the shuffle that I actually view this as a way of living out loving my neighbor and that I want the same freedom for the people who disagree with me, um, even if they don't understand uh, or completely misunderstand my motivation behind that, um, the Lord knows, um, and he can do with it what he will. And I'm, I'm just humbled and honored that the Lord has used this, uh, to highlight his design, design for marriage and, and hopefully highlight that everyone deserves this freedom.
0: Chelsea, did you have any encouragements or role models that, um, Helped you to find your courage to stand up to an ordinance. I mean, Louisville's a big city. Um, that ordinance has been on the books for a lot of years. I, I'm not aware of any other challenges to it. But here, you're a, a young photographer uh, starting your own business. You want to do it according to your convictions. What led you, or where did you find the courage of your convictions to to fight this ordinance that you that you viewed as a a threat to your religious freedom?
1: Well, that's kind. Um, honestly, I I feel as though it's such a a small act of faithfulness in comparison to everything that Jesus Christ went through to save me. And that certainly something like this is a a small act of faithfulness. So like I said, um, in comparison to how how the Lord has worked in my life over the years. Um, And really, my husband has been such a huge influence in and support and really a, a motivation to show that when God's design for marriage is is realized it, you know there's a reason why God set it up this way and there's there's a reason why I want to celebrate God's design for marriage not only because of course you know it's the biblical position but because just in living it out we're about to celebrate our you know 8 year wedding anniversary and there is such a, a sweet um, ability to blossom when you're in, you know, a relationship with a man who fears the Lord and leads by example and loves his family well. That it gives uh, someone like me a really solid platform and foundation from which to launch to do something like start a business um, with very little capital, or you know, start a family, or or take on uh, a city that's trying to threaten your constitutional rights. Um, He's been such a huge backbone for me throughout this entire process, um, as well as my church family, um, knowing that you know my my pastor and and my friends and the the families who have actually known what's been going on for these few years um, are are completely behind me, and that's really giving me a safe haven and, and shelter um, from which to feel like things are actually pretty normal while there's a lot going on <laughs> on the outside from my little bubble, I guess.
0: Now, Chelsea, uh, the LGBT community says that this kind of ordinance, the Fairness Ordinance, otherwise known as the SOGI Law, Sexual Orientation, Gender Identity Law, was designed to prevent discrimination against LGBT identities in areas of housing, employment, and in public accommodation. And not everybody agrees with you that you were uh, fighting for your religious freedom rights. In fact, the headline of an online publication called Metro Weekly said this, and this was a LGBT weekly in out of Washington D.C. It said this: Court sides with anti-gay photographer, blocks Louisville's fairness ordinance. And this was written by John Riley. It came out about a week ago or so. How do you, how how would you respond to that title? And of course, we know there's a heavy bias there. It's an LGBT uh, pro LGBT organization but they're calling you an anti-gay photographer. How, do you, how would you respond to that?
1: You know, I think it's such an important distinct, distinction um, to say that you know, I serve all people, but there are certain messages that I am not willing to communicate and celebrate. So for instance, I am also a um, private photo editor for other photographers around the country. And for instance, if um, a photographer who's in the LGBT community were to come to me, um, I I wouldn't automatically write them off because of that, as long as they weren't asking me to edit weddings that, you know, violated my conscience. I uh, mean, you know, there have been, you know, individuals at weddings, maybe I've photographed or edited, who it appeared maybe that someone might reasonably assume um, that they were in a same-sex relationship, but I wouldn't refuse to take their picture or, or, or something like that. But it's it's different when you step into the realm of um, compelling my speech to celebrate their wedding ceremony. Uh, that's very different from taking their picture, say, at a, at a wedding reception. And that's an important distinction that unfortunately gets lost. Um, but I appreciate the opportunity to answer that question.
0: There was a, a lot of news coverage in Louisville and across the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Uh, one of the local Louisville stations um, I found it fascinating, spent a lot of time on the opposition and what they had to say. They spent a little bit of time uh, interviewing you or using one of your quotes, but the head of the Kentucky Fairness Campaign was critical of the ruling uh, and said, where does this stop? Is the next thing, can can somebody like uh, this photographer uh, deny an interracial couple from doing uh, photographs for an event like that? And not trying to put you on the spot, but that is one of their talking points. How how would you respond to that? Well, first of all, did the media ask for your response? Because you were, without naming any news outlets, and that's not the point. The point is that there's an example of, I think, media bias there, but they used that to, or shared that talking point from the opposition. Did they ask you for a response regarding whether or not you'd be willing to photograph an interracial marriage?
1: No, and I think what what's interesting about that um is there there are already laws on the books, of course, about that situation. So this is a different situation. Um it's it's clear that I, I think it's clear how, how this case should be should be ruled and I'm I'm grateful to the Lord that there was a just ruling. Um so it's really just a different situation, and there are already laws on the books to cover that. So, yeah, I think that's just really the, the simple answer to that.
0: And again, the point in me bringing that up is not to try to trip you up or catch you. I think it's clear that we appreciate what you're doing. Uh, but that is one of the strong points that LGBT activists bring up. You know, what about racial discrimination? What about interracial marriage also joining us in the program is John Scruggs. And John, I should have asked before if you're willing to talk, but you're with Alliance Defending Freedom. I'm wondering if you might be able to address, uh, address that particular point and make a distinction between interracial marriage and same-sex marriage and the religious freedom um, uh, protections for somebody like Chelsea that does not uh, believes it's a violation of her faith to photograph a same-sex ceremony. Can you help us unpack that?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely, Richard. Thanks for letting me speak to it. And I think it goes to the heart of what Chelsea was saying. I mean, it's really a ridiculous comparison, right? The U.S. Supreme Court has even rejected it and said those who hold uh, beliefs in marriage between a man and a woman hold these beliefs in good faith and they're reasonable and, and well-respected. Um and, you know, as Chelsea noted, she serves everybody, including those in the LGBT community. It's just certain messages that she can't promote. That's totally different than refusing to serve an entire group of people. So the, the better comparison, actually, is what about the LGBT photographer? Uh, should we force that photographer to take photographs, you know, in some ways being used to, to criticize same-sex marriage? Uh, absolutely not right? Because those freedoms go both ways. Uh, That we as Americans have the right to choose what we say and what we celebrate. Uh, We shouldn't let the government make that determination. Um, So these are just distinctions that we are, we've made constantly throughout these cases and in our our briefing, both at the federal court that Chelsea was before and the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, So there are stark differences between the situation you, you compared it to.
0: So, John, you and your organization represented Chelsea in the U.S. District Court. You were successful. Uh, Judge Benjamin Beaton ruled in your favor. I'm curious about that, um, bringing up, doing a role reversal and asking if somebody in the LGBT community would be willing to photograph some kind of event that they found morally objectionable. Have you asked that question in court? Have you brought this up to the judges? And I'm curious as to the response, if you have.
2: Oh, absolutely. It's a constant comparison that we make, and not just for the LGBT community. It could be forcing a Muslim to photograph or create posters or something, write flyers for some event they disagree with, someone in the Jewish community. Uh, and really, there's no answer to it uh, that we've seen from the other side. That, And that's because if you're willing to give other people freedom, why are we singling out people with Chelsea's religious perspective. Uh, these principles should apply both ways. Free speech should apply for all. You know, the government shouldn't be forcing anyone to say something they don't believe in. whether uh, it's with a topic of marriage about something else. So it's a constant theme we make in our court pleadings. And that's why we, I think, been proven successful. In Chelsea's case, and we there's a similar case that we have pending at the US Supreme Court involving a website designer whose name is Laurie Smith, very similar. Scenario, she just won't create wedding websites that violate uh, violate her religious beliefs. So we're confident that we're going to win, that we have won in Chelsea's case, we won in other cases. We're confident we're going to win at the U.S. Supreme Court uh, in Lori's case, too.
0: If you're just tuning in, you are listening to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm here uh, talking with Chelsea Nelson, a photographer in Louisville, who was successful in her challenge to Louisville's Fairness ordinance. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in a moment. When we come back, I'm going to read a couple of statements from Judge uh, Benjamin Beaton. So stick with us. We'll be back in a moment. Hi, Richard Nelson here with the Calm World Policy Center. It's clear that the news media isn't always fair. In fact, there's lots of far left bias and political gamesmanship. No surprise there. So if you're looking for perspective that's grounded in the truth of Scripture and our nation's founding principles, then get plugged into CPC's resources. Sign up for our e-newsletter at CommonwealthPolicyCenter.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at Commonwealth Policy Center. And we're on Twitter at CPC4Kentucky. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm Richard Nelson, here with Chelsea Nelson, who successfully challenged Louisville's Fairness Ordinance. And also with us is John Scruggs. He is with Alliance Defending Freedom. And, John, we were just talking about some of the legal argumentation um, that comes forth when fairness ordinances are debated. And as you mentioned just before the break, when you put – the when the shoe is on the other foot, you know, when you ask if uh, somebody with a particular set of values should be forced to uh, convey a message uh, of their opposition, be forced or compelled to, um, to, to uh, say something that they might vehemently disagree with – uh, crickets, right? <laughs> Nobody's advocating for uh, somebody in the Muslim community that would have to uh, some, advocate maybe the Jewish faith uh, or something along those lines. But it seems today that Christianity and Christian beliefs, especially Christian sexual ethics, are fair game. It's, it's open game on business owners like Chelsea I'm thinking of the business owner in Louisville, or, or in Lexington, Blaine Adamson, who had hands on originals. He was dragged through the court system for years because he simply wouldn't print T shirts that violated his religious belief uh, and, and his values. And he was eventually exonerated. John, why, why is this? You, you represent, and Alliance Defending Freedom represents um, uh, Christians, uh, and you defend religious freedom across the country. Any explanation for why this open hostility and why it's OK that Christians are fair game when it comes to issues like this?
2: Well, I think it's just because people, certain government officials really dislike, disdain certain religious beliefs that people like Chelsea hold, that people like other clients, people, you know, most people are familiar with Jack Phillips, the cake designer out of Colorado, who government officials openly criticize his belief in, you know, administrative hearings, comparing them to those who supported the Holocaust and slavery. Um, So you see a a very disturbing trend uh, that those who hold certain conservative religious beliefs and values are just branded as haters and various other things. And it's not true. Uh, All the clients we represent, uh, you know, I'm honored to represent clients like Chelsea, who really loves her clients loves her own clients and serves them goes goes out of their way is willing to serve all people um but it, it really is a, a disturbing trend uh that that we're seeing across the country but we're there i mean people like chelsea are standing up and it's important to stand up it's important for your audience to stand up maybe not to file a court case but to stand up in their communities and their businesses uh at their jobs and to say, hey, this is this is wrong. If other people get to speak, why don't I get to speak? If other people have these rights, why don't I? have? And that's why Alliance Defending Freedom exists is to protect these freedoms and it's to do it for all Americans, because, you know, we do live in a pluralistic society where there are a lot of different views and different perspectives. And we have to learn how to interact peacefully and respectfully, but also firmly holding to our own set of beliefs and values.
0: John Benjamin Beaton wrote in his 44-page opinion, he said this, The Constitution does not permit governments to promote their perceptions of fairness by extinguishing or conditioning the free expression of opposing perceptions of the common good. He also went on to say that the Supreme Court, like Orwell, has long recognized the risk that compelled speech may turn the writer, and every other kind of artist as well, into a minor official, working on themes handed down from above. Um, pretty strong statement,
2: isn't it? Uh, uh, very strong. And we're, we're, we're very excited about the opinion because it has that strong language. And as I hinted at before, I, I'm hopeful that this opinion provides a preview of next fall at the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, that the U.S. Supreme Court would issue similar language protecting free speech uh, and religious liberty across the country.
0: Now, that case that you're taking to the Supreme Court, is that related to a creative artist? Tell us just briefly what that one is regarding.
2: Sure. It's very similar to Chelsea's case, uh, except it involves a website designer uh, who wants to create wedding websites. I'm not sure if you've seen that before, but that's very common nowadays that uh, couples will want to create a wedding website that describes uh, their wedding and has pictures and goes into details about how they met. And our client there who runs a business called 303 Creative, that's the name of the case, 303 Creative versus Alanis. And uh, the female business over there is named Lori Smith, and she just wanted to do what Lori is doing, just operate her business consistent with her faith. So it's really the same issues that involve around free speech, uh, freedom to express your views, freedom to avoid having government officials telling you what you can say and what you must say. In um, that case, it's going to be argued, we're expecting it in the fall uh, of this of this year. Now, we're not sure when the opinion would come out, but we're hopeful that this kind of settles the matter nationwide in favor of free speech. Uh, and I think as this recent decision for Chelsea indicates, that the momentum is there, right, uh, because as our dialogue re- reveals. No one can answer these questions. Like, why do certain viewpoints get favoritism and not others? Th- these principles should apply both to the Muslim, the Jew, the LGBT photographer, website designer. It should apply to Chelsea. It should apply to Lori Smith. It should apply to Christians uh, across all the spectrum. Um, so that's a winning argument. And we're expecting to win at the U.S. Supreme Court.
0: John, what does this ruling mean for other similar ordinances in the Commonwealth of Kentucky? As I mentioned in the beginning, there are twenty-four similar fairness ordinances. Does this uh, put them all in jeopardy?
2: Well, I think it definitely puts the officials on notice uh, that if they apply their laws in ways that Louisville tried to, they're going to run up against the First Amendment. Um, and not just that; that it puts on notice that you know there are people like Chelsea who are willing to step out and speak out uh, because our freedoms are only as good as the willingness of our of the people to take a stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. unless we have people, you know, in our churches, in our businesses, in our organizations, willing to defend their rights, but what they're really doing is defending the rights of all uh, in the community, all Americans, even those who oppose them. Um, so I think it sends a strong message to those officials that yeah, I mean, people of faith can enter the wedding industry and not fear that the government's going to come after them. For refusing to speak a message, the government wants them to speak, but they can't.
0: Chelsea, you have been fighting this for going on three years. Uh, you filed it in 2019. Uh, what kind of reaction have you gotten from the public? Louisville is not known as a conservative city, so what what were you were you criticized? Were you attacked? What what happened in this three year time period?
1: Sure, uh, I think the reaction was. Consistent with what you might think for a city that's not very conservative. Um, in response, uh, absolutely, there were a lot of people who disagreed and um, colorfully shared that <laughs> on a lot of different platforms and mm. uh, a lot of different ways. And you know they have the freedom to to do that, but in the end, um, that really doesn't dissuade me at all. Uh, because this is such an important issue. I, I think it's just so important that certain issues just need to be settled, you know, as a Christian, as a believer. Um, I was very fortunate in that I was um, exposed to Christian apologetics at a very young age, 15 years old, going through Vody um The Ever-Loving Truth Study um, that my youth pastor at the time, Danny Broyles, took me through. And I really helped, settled very huge, like, life-altering questions before I was really even old enough to start um, articulating doubts about those things, that my faith really became my own and my reasons for um, why I adhere to a biblical worldview and why I I believe that God is the arbiter of, of truth, and that there is, there is a, actually a standard for absolute truth And these things. Um, it was just a natural progression that um, I guess one day the Lord would use that uh, in this specific case and in this way.
0: Chelsea, we've got just about a minute here. Um, what words of encouragement would you have for other business owners who want to do their business according to their Christian convictions? Do you have any words of encouragement or words of wisdom to share with them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would say in in wisdom, whatever honors the Lord, um, choose what uh, results in fearing God and not fearing man. And if that means losing your business, if it means um, losing friends, that means losing your reputation. Um, you just have, yeah, honestly, just have to be okay with that and realize that ultimately honoring God with your life and being a good and faithful servant um, is is what matters. When when my children look back you know, on the season, they're not old enough to understand or realize what's happening right now, but I want them to know that um, their mom chose to do what honored the Lord, and I want them to follow that.
0: Chelsea Nelson, thank you so much for taking that stand and taking this case uh, and your objections all the way to federal court. And John Strug- Scruggs with Alliance Defending Freedom, thank you for being involved in the fight to protect our First Amendment freedom of speech and freedom of religion. God bless you both.